Hey guys, welcome to Thrive Bites, the official podcast of Dr. Colin Zhu, aka The Chef Doc. On every episode, I talk with health and wellness experts from all over the world, such as doctors, chefs, dietitians, coaches, and many more. And I sit down with them and have casual conversations about plant-based lifestyle, how to elevate our emotional resilience, and what it really means to thrive. And I bring all of this to you. So let's get to this week's episode. Okay, guys. Well, welcome to another episode of Thrive Bites. I'm your host, Colin Zhu, and thank you so much for tuning in. I know you guys are really busy out there, so I really appreciate you guys taking the time to listening to our podcast. I have a wonderful, wonderful guest for you today. Um, this is Chef Nina Curtis. Say hi to everyone, Nina. Hello, everyone. Hello, Colin. <laughs> thank you for inviting me on your show. I am so excited to be on Thrive Bites. <laughs> um, you and I, oh man, uh, we actually didn't really get introduced. Uh, I think um, how we met each other was uh, back in uh, Jari Magazine where they interviewed um, the piece for both of us. And uh, since right. then, um, I definitely been following your journey. Um, so for those of you who don't know, Chef Nina Curtis, um, has uh, actually had a very interesting story and I'll let her share. Um, but basically she's a plant-based chef and uh, uh, she is one of the leading culinary experts, uh, especially for women um, in the industry. Um, you know, she started out um, you know, in cosmetology and bodybuilding, and then she went all the way through, you know, interning at, you know, pure food and wine, and then ultimately, you know, cooking at James Beard. And, you know, now she's at uh, Adventist Health um, as a um, executive uh, director and chef there. So I'm so excited. Um, so let's start off by uh, just basically sharing how you got from point A to point B, how you got to this point. Um, it seems like you're really, really thriving uh, where you're at right now, but I would love for you to share your story. You know, Colin, we all have our story, right? And it's so funny when I either give an interview and it comes out in print or something like this on Thrive Bites podcast, and then you hear what you say your story is and you go, who's that? Mm -hmm. So <laughs> I love, you know, hearing what I've done to get where I'm at. And yes, I am a holistic, really wellness expert in the sense I'm licensed as an esthetician. I've always, well, not always, but for the past 30 years, practiced holistic skincare, body work, mm. acupressure, aromatherapy, reflexology. And over the years, I've learned from some real leaders in the industry. I'm from LA. So I had, you know, this breadth of research and leaders available to me. I've traveled the world, traveled and trained and lectured in France and England and so many places that all of a sudden you have this inventory, this body of information and experience and data that, you know, each level you go or, or each next venture you take, as I like to call it, you're able to bring all that inventory with you. Mm -hmm. I've been cooking since the age of eight. I'm the eldest of four and in the kitchen with my mom. And my dad was a classically 
is a classically trained chef and specialized in catering. So I think when you're young, the things you do, as I call it, duty, because I didn't get Mm -hmm. paid for it, (laughs) you think, I'll never do this. I'm running as far away as I can from this. But in truth, that seed was always or already planted. My mother had this innate gift to make healthy, good food taste good. She used to make this wacky cake that was made with carob and, you know, brown sugar. And she was buying organic before it was on the radar. She was making food that she knew would fuel our bodies before I think she even knew it, but she knew it. So when you have a foundation like that, that's what you know. I'd say, mom, don't tell the kids it's wacky cake. You know, it was like a Mm. German chocolate cake. Let me Mm -hmm. clarify that. So the kids just thought it was chocolate. And because it had this brown sugar, toasted coconut mixture on top, no one ever knew what they were really eating. And Carob had less caffeine and she didn't put all the sugar that was in a lot of the cake. So that's what I grew up on. My dad, you know, would be out there catering in LA for uh, celebratory events. And you think of the Grammys and that kind of thing. So a pair of free hands was always needed, but mm-hmm. it wasn't fun to me. It, it wasn't fun at mm-hmm. the time. So I found wellness, before wellness came on the radar, beauty, fashion was really my thing, artistic ventures. So I set out on that and aesthetics and all the holistic um, wellness practices that I went into just took me around the world. I started a naturopathic doctor degree program, and that was very interesting because food was such an important component. In our training, it was the foundation of everything. If a patient came to you, you started with their diet. So before we would recommend herbs or then layer that on top supplements, we looked at what they were eating, and we did a clean sweep three months of readjusting, let's say, their diet, what we Mm -hmm. eat, because there's two terms for diet, right? Mm -hmm. So that really, and still doing my holistic practice work, I already knew, okay, if you come to me for a facial, if you come to me to clear your acne problem, everything you eat is going to have an impact on how your skin looks from the work I do and the products that I recommend. So I really got into, yeah, but eat your skincare, eat the food that's going to make your skin look better. And people would ask me, well, what are you doing? And I'd be like, it's the food I eat. Yes. I use great products topically, but it's the food I eat. Mm -hmm. When I got into bodybuilding and I competed competitively natural bodybuilding for 10 years Everything was about what we ate, right? Counting mm-hmm. carbs, counting how much, how many grams of protein, um, lowering those carbs, six months in training, hardcore, Venice Beach. And early on, my body stopped wanting animal protein. Mm-hmm. And I thought, what the heck? I'm going to have to give up. This was a hobby because I wasn't making any money. It was just I'm very athletically inclined. And when my body literally, and people say, what do you mean by that? I would look at, I hadn't eaten beef forever. It's been Mm -hmm. over 30 years. But I still like salmon. I still like turkey. But when I looked at it or when I was about to eat it, I would get nauseous. Mm. So I had to quickly figure it out, not to make this an hour-long story. 
And I did. I delved in deep like I do with anything. I used my body as a lab. Mm -hmm. And I learned everything I could about plant-based food, protein to fuel me. What I quickly experienced was my recovery time was faster. I was stronger and I could get on stage. And people don't realize when you're bodybuilding to compete, it's very depleting Mm -hmm. when you're trying to, you know, get to 9% body fat and keep your weight at a steady level. Um, So, I looked further out than just in the present. I wanted to be able to do this, but 20 years out, still be healthy. I didn't take any juice. I wasn't into that. That's why I never decided to go pro. So all of that led me to really understanding the ability that I do believe food is medicine. I I know there was a comment that food isn't medicine, but I, I believe food in a very specific way can be used as medicine. It's our first medicine. It's the first diet we had. Mm -hmm. And then I believe food is one that fuels and sustains us. And then I believe one today, especially it's celebratory. People want to go out and food makes them feel good. But sometimes that food makes you feel good for the moment, but the next day you may have some issues that don't feel so good. Yeah. So, um, Thank you for sharing that. Um, I love how you, you know, weaved everything together. Uh, sounds like you've been doing this for a while. <laughs> um, but, just a little uh, bit. Yeah, just a little bit. Yeah. No. So, uh, so my points with the um, the esthetician uh, background. Yeah. So, like for me, how I relate is, you know, you know, we have I have you know patients that come to me for a lot of different skin conditions, and I pretty yeah. much teach them. I, I'm like listen, your skin is the largest organ on your body, right? And I tell them that, you know, whatever's going on on the outside is actually a reflection of what's going on internally. So I tell them very, very similarly, you know, like you have to, you know, fortify that foundation and it really starts from what you put in your mouth. And so, yeah, so I think that's, you know, awesome in terms of the bodybuilding. It makes me think of, um, I don't know, you probably already heard of this already, but the upcoming movie called the Game Changers documentary. I'm I'm waiting for it. (laughs) I already bought my tickets. I was like, oh, yes, we're going. Um, But it's um, it's a great um, it's a great snapshot. And many people don't know unless you're really in it on how hard it is and how rigorous and train, you know, all these intensive you know, regimens you have to put yourself through. And it's almost, and it's very interesting because um, bodybuilding, similar to like fitness, you know, as Americans, you know, we either do nothing or we do the extreme. <laughs> yeah, we're you know very extreme. Yeah, exactly. Yes. And if you look at, um, you know, the blue zones, um, you know, the longest living uh, concentrations of people living over a hundred, you know, they incorporated uh, physical fitness as part of their life. You know, they yes. just move about, they farm their lands and, you know, and I understand that, you know, people who are in more urban areas is, you know, we don't, we, we've kind of deviated from that, but um, yeah, I, um, I can only, I get, I'm like tensing as you're, you're, you're <laughs> talking about like, th- those training regimens. I'm like, wow, you know, the things they have to go through just to perform, you know, on stage or, you know, to be, uh, you know, judged in a way. And I'm so glad that, you know, it's, um, it comes back to looking at yourself it comes back to reading your body cues and just really understanding what works and what doesn't work. And, you know, like you said, you know, you have figured that out over time and it's not going to be the same for everyone. It isn't. We're all individual and 
what I've learned in a lot of my trainings is that it's just that you can have a foundation that you can, you know, lay down for someone, but it's really important, especially as practitioners or even chefs. I think we have a huge responsibility to help people understand, you know, what they are eating and where the food is coming from, how sustainable it is, Mm -hmm. how local it is and living in the seasons. And why don't I have tomatoes on my salad bar in winter? Well, tomatoes really grow in the summer. And so there are many foods which I really advocate to variety of food. And we get very set as, I think, a, a society with what we like. And I understand and respect that. But literally, we could eat three times a day, 365 days a year, a different food every day, three times a day in the plant-based world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So when people talk about how boring or how you have to sacrifice or what you give up, I'm like, what are you talking about? Right, right. But it's because of our scope of exposure, right? And what the stores have available to us or mm-hmm. what a restaurant serves. So I get very unapologetically excited <laughs> when I have the opportunity to talk about food and, and food to thrive on mm-hmm. and food to live for. Right. Thank right. You. I think, yeah, the food industry, you know, I, I mean, I wish they have more of a responsibility to be able to kind of, you know, just really showcase, you know, the breadth uh, of what we have. Right. And you're absolutely yes. right. It makes me what you just shared makes me think of, um, you know, when Jamie Oliver, you know, from, you know, he's originally from yes. um, Britain and then he, uh, you know, came to the States because of, you know, what he observed of how unhealthy the habits we've been eating. And I remember this particular episode where he goes into the school of, I don't know, maybe like first graders or something like that. I remember and then, that. And, and he shows just typical produce and none of them or was able to identify and it just shows you how you know how far out you know we've been out of touch you know with right. mother mother nature you know and yeah. um it's uh it's crazy because you know i i just tell i i counsel my patients i'm like you know if you want to you know eat well eat as you know close to mother nature as possible and if it didn't grow off of a vine a tree or out of the ground i would just say hey minimize it you know so right i watched that program and it hurt me when he held up a russet potato mm-hmm. and the kid said french fries <laughs> <laughs> and i said houston we've got a problem <laughs> Hey guys, we're going to be taking a short break, but don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Thrive Bites. Let's get back to the interview. Um, so my next question to you is that, you know, you've, uh, you know, you know, basically, you know, put a stamp, um, you know, as a female chef um, in the culinary world, what are, you know, most of the audience members, you know, that are not in the food industry or hospitality industry, you know, being where you are, like, what has been, 
you know, the, the, the behind the scenes or trends in terms of, yes, there's a lot of fads that are going on. There's a lot of movements that have been going on. And, you know, we know now, you know, a lot of the science has been there, you know, especially for plant-based um, for years, but it's not really making headline news, right? So, right. you know, what are the trends, you know, in the culinary world have you seen that, you know, what are they seeing now? And are they making, you know, any changes? Like, for example, is Food Network, you know, going to do something like healthy or, you know what I'm saying? Like, what, what, right. what have you seen so far from your bird's eye view? Well, what I know to be true is that when demand is so high, then then that works and hold what I call um, a large responsibility to get, you know, trends out and trends longer than 10 years and lifestyle out will start to change. I can measure it by the number of events I'm being invited to speak at mm -hmm. or demo at. You know, you mentioned the James Beard Foundation, which has decades of history in New York mm -hmm. of being this, you know, culinary, like um, when a chef is invited there, it's like a singer being invited to Carnegie Hall, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So last year I was invited, I was with a women's organization, Women Chefs and Restaurateurs, and I was asked to head up a dinner. It was on International Women's Day, mm -hmm. and I brought in five women from around the world, Hong Kong, um, Berlin, and then domestically. We made an all-plant-based dinner, and that was the first time in the history of the James Beard Foundation. So we made herstory. Mm. They had had a couple of plant-based or vegan dinners before, but very sporadic and not much focus on them. I'm very excited that this year, every month, they've provided and presented a vegan dinner and they call it the vegan series. Mm. So I was able to go back May 9th with a colleague of mine that I invited to be one of the chefs last year and her restaurant Plum Bistro in Seattle, she actually has an empire and five different plant-based entities. She was able to cook with her team and she invited me to come back and cook with her mm. and her mother who 40 years ago started in Seattle selling tofu sandwiches. I mean, that is deep. That's talking about, yeah. you know, 100 years in the kitchen of our gathered um, combined experience. Mm -hmm. And I'm speaking next month at the American Culinary Federation in Orlando. I spoke last year. And last year I spoke in Newport Beach on elevating plant-based food in mm -hmm. your restaurant. Mm -hmm. And the audience was primarily meat cooking, meat providing restaurants. So when I see other peers wanting to not turn their whole restaurant plant-based, but be more inclusive to those that are looking for this, that tells me there's a trend that's standing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I'm going to speak um, on August 7th, and it's a panel I'm moderating, and we're talking about the mega trend, plant-based food, and how it has superseded in the years other trends, and it's on everybody's radar. Yeah. You can ignore it if you want, yeah. but you're going to have to pay attention or your competitor is yeah. going to be across the street being more inclusive, and I'm exactly. all about inclusion. Mm -hmm. So when you see this happening, that's telling to me that 
very sound, you know, over a hundred years, the American Culinary Federation has been in place. So when they start embracing something I've been living and practicing and advocating for 20 years, I know, Colin, we're breaking through. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, it, it's it's very interesting because, yeah, a re- if, whether a chef has their own restaurant or, you know, many different types of eateries. Yeah, it's, you know, competition is always going to be, you know, on the back of their mind constantly. Right. Because constantly. there's a, constantly and they're always trying to manage this and manage that and trying to take it to the next level, redesign the menu, keep it up to date. You know, they have to do what they got to do. Right. But, yes. you know, to, to see this trend, especially from your, uh, uh, um, you know, your bird's eye view um, and be able to see, wow, we're making we're actually making a dent here, you know, yes. um, from the medical point of view, um, you know, like what you said, it is unavoidable, you know, to not see the plant based research that's there. You know, exactly. you know, we we've evidence based. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's all evidence based. And, you know, we've been able to prove that a plant based lifestyle can reverse heart disease since 1990 when Dean Ornish was able to release you know, that uh, trial to publication. And so it's just, you know, it just doesn't make headline news, you know, but it's there, you know, like you said, like, you know, you've been feeling it in your body, you know, and I'm sure (laughs) others can relate who are listening to this, but it's like, you know, people need, you know, in the culinary world, they need to see, you know, uh, trends, they need to see, you know, numbers, they need to see prices, you know, they need to see, you know, all those different things. That's great, you know, but for us, it's the data, it's the research. So, Right. I, I just love it when, um, you know, when you talk uh, to these people and you see it from different perspectives. And, you know, if when we have more foundation to bridge that gap between food and, you know, food as medicine, you know, um, it's right. uh, that's the beautiful thing um, that can happen. So um, my next question for you is, um, you know, what are some of the for the audience members that are listening in? Like, what are the biggest misconceptions that you that you uh hear about you know whether it's from you know kind of like a restaurant customer you know type of mm-hmm. uh perspective or you know when you were doing uh naturopathic care um what are the biggest misconceptions you know that you've uh you know kind of observed over time sure i'm going to focus very tight on food because mm-hmm. i'm living it right now sure And it makes me come back home and rethink how I present things. But basically, labels, vegan labels, uh, plant-based labels. I get on the daily as the director and the executive chef of the Vitalized Cafe here in Roseville, California. That's a suburb of Sacramento. Mm -hmm. I get on a daily basis in a very um, progressive healthcare company at Venice Health oh, you make vegan food. And my response is, I make food. I make delicious food. Oh, you make plant-based food. I make delicious food. It's Mm. food. It's the first food. And it's a more available, vibrant food. And I always make food to live for, not to die for. Because you hear people go, oh, I die for that. Why would you want to (laughs) die? And when I've had people that were coming during my internship in naturopathy, oh, I'd rather die than you tell me to stop eating my fried chicken. I would want to say, well, you are going to. <laughs> um, the acrylamides based on the starch and the, f- and the oil that you're cooking it are definitely going to strangle you. But I couldn't say that. Yeah. So I started saying and I started living, I make pe- people food to live for. 
Mm. delicious food to live for. So the misconception that I see on the daily is that people are disconnected from food, like the potato to French fry thing. Mm -hmm. And we're moving so fast, we don't have time to make our own food at home. I just thought as an eight-year-old growing up, everybody knew how to cook. Like Mm -hmm. I was learning from my mom and my grandmother and my aunt Mm -hmm. and my aunts. And that realization is we're so disconnected from food. And then you bring in in the, what, 1950s, 60s, the industrialization of food to make it convenient Mm -hmm. and just open a box and hamburger helper, all of a sudden you realize if you pull back and look at the screen, what's really happened to us since Mm -hmm. 1863, Adventist Health has a heritage of seven the Seventh Day Adventist, and that heritage was always vegetarian. They had sanatoriums in Battle Creek, Michigan. Uh, Dr. John Harvey Kellogg was the director. I have a menu from 1918 where everything is outlined what they were eating while they were at the sanatorium and then the presentation he gave. Mm. And it makes me go all these years and we're only here. Mm. Mm. It's interesting. It really makes, it humbles me to go, wow, it's taken all of these years to just get where we're at. Like it's new and it's not. No, it's not. Mm-mm. Yeah. The evidence base is not new. We have different modalities to measure it. But it's not new. This food's been coming out of the soil and nourishing and fueling us and helping us to thrive. And somewhere in the mix, the story got turned and has spiraled down. And I believe we're now spiraling up. Yeah, it's um, that's that's great, you know, to be able to showcase that on a timeline. It, it, you're really right. It's not new, you know, not just food um, as medicine, but, you know, you're talking about, you know, walking, you know, good, proper stress management yes. with love and community and social, you know, trying to get rid of social isolation. It's just it's just a lot of the trends have been going on top of each other, you know, with, right. um, you know, you and I were. Um, you know, born before the internet and social media where people have been so disconnected, you know, yes. like I had to, you know, I was, t- I was talking about this on the uh, previous episode. I had to memorize, you know, a landline number, you know, so I had to see if they were available instead of, you know, exactly. Uh, and uh, I had another great conversation uh, with a chef pediatrician and we were talking about, you know, the dinner table about how, you know, parents and kids don't talk and communicate with one another, you know? No. Um, and then in terms of food, um, you know, going back to the example of Jamie Oliver and the showcase at the the, the kids, um, it's, that's the disconnect. And um, yes. what you are seeing in, you know, um, your pocket, what I'm seeing in my pocket, you know, we're seeing big trends. And um, the more we can kind of promote it out there and showcase it to the world, Um, you know, the better for us. Because at the end of the day, it's like, you know, you can't really force someone to change their habits. You can't really, you know, do X, Y, and Z. But unfortunately, it's come to a point where the way we've been eating, and I'm referring to, you know, eating more animal-based, you know, um, food. Yeah, the sad diet. Yeah, yeah. And um, it's it's affecting our planet. And it's like, yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to like, 
you know, change all this stuff and take, it's almost like we're taking, it's like, you know, when, when a patient comes to me and doesn't want to change anything and it's like, sir, I'm not taking a kidney. It's okay. <laughs> you know? <laughs> right. So, but it's come to a point where it's affecting the planet and yes. the common thing for all humans, um, because I just believe in one race and it's humans is that, yes. you know, we all live in the same place. And so I feel like we have a responsibility to educate um, and push that message forward that, you know, plants is not only going to be good for you for, you know, you know, preventing and treating and rever re reversing most chronic diseases, but it's going to be, you know, better for the place that we stand, you know, on, on the soil. Yes, definitely. I think, you know, it's for the future, right? Because when you and I are gone, which hopefully is another hundred years, like the blue zones, um, what about the future? What are those young people that are now adults going to say about how we left it and what we left them with? And I take yeah. that to heart. And I don't have any yeah. children, but I do take it to heart because I do have nieces and nephews and cousins and, mm -hmm. you know, very vibrant, intelligent young folks in my life, the people that I mentor in the kitchen that are the next yeah. generation of chefs, I take it serious and I'm passionate about the responsibility I have to them, not for them, but to them to help mm. them have the ammunition and the tools and the information and knowledge to lead the charge. It's, it's so important. Yeah. It's basically, it's basically like you're a school teacher and you're having, you know, classes after year, after year and after year. And, you know, it is, or, or you know, to me, it's almost like, um, you know, almost like a social yes. obligation to be able to kind of teach others, you know, because, you know, whether you know it or not, you're going to affect the person next to you and then they're going to affect the person next to them. And, you know, we're just all connected and, you know, for us, you know, it's food, food, you know, across the world, across the globe is the universal, yes. you know, uh, language that we all share, you know, so it's so important on how we, you know, talk about it, how we weave, how we, you know, make it, you know, um, integral, yes. you know, and I, I tell my patients, I was like, listen, if, you know, uh, if you really, we, the only thing I would say the first best thing to do um, to take back your health is really getting back into the kitchen. And I'm sure you would agree. It's like, that's where you, you know, can start, um, you know, living instead of having someone else outsourcing, you know, to others, you know, what dictates, you know, your health. I agree. And even though I run um, a cafe, as I said, the Vitalized Cafe, I do, and we have a teaching kitchen called Discover, and we just recently opened in May serving our associates and their families, but we're a well-building certified um, organization, which comes out of LEED, the green building, but well-building takes into consideration the people that are in the building, and they have seven tenants, and one of them is nourishment, so I have about 17 standards that the cafe needs to live by, and we're measured. Someone physically comes mm. in and measures us in a year, and the first one is fruits and vegetables, so it lays out you know, you have to have fruits and vegetables up front and prominent, not at the end of the line. And so we have these mm. two beautiful salad bars right in the center of our cafe. And then we are a plant forward cafe. We are bringing in our smoothies, you know, a 22 gram protein plant-based powder pre and pro 
biotic. So I get to talk and my team gets to talk to the guest about why we've chosen these few foods. And it's so exciting mm-hmm. because like you said, you don't want to put anything down someone's throat. But if you're no. standing and well-building says we're creating an environment where healthy habits can be practiced, most studies I've read have shown that people say, I would choose a healthier habit, but it's not available to me. So it's not convenient. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to go to the vending machine and I'm going to get whatever's in there because I'm hungry at this moment. I'm used to at 320 wanting a snack. But if it was available to me, I probably would choose healthy. Even in the beginning where we've gotten some resistance, I can tell Mm -hmm. you in about a week to two weeks, people are going, oh, I really like this. Oh, I never thought I would like that. Thank you, chef and team, for introducing me to this. I didn't know it could taste so good. I never knew mm. this was available. So I am living in a what I call working lab that I can show evidence-based, not medical, but I am in a healthcare facility, but I can show how, yes, other peers that have restaurants and cafes and going into hospital cafeterias, that could be a whole conversation and episode in itself about (laughs) the dichotomy of the food that's served there and what you might get after you come out of surgery. So I feel very passionate. I feel very blessed that I can be, you know, at the charge. Sometimes we're so ahead of ourselves or so ahead of where society is, I think it's very important to tread so that now I can say, oh, all my efforts when people called me weird have now or are catching up to me because I've stayed steady with it. I've been confident Mm. in it. And now people are coming to it. So, you know, meet people where they're at. Yes. But stand for something that you believe in that, you know, is your truth. That you can say, I'm seeing it happen around me. I just need enough time to get others. You're not, like you said, going to get 100% of the people. But is that the goal? If I get one person telling me that they've gone to the doctor after a month of eating in the cafe, plant-based food, and their numbers have been better, and the doctor has said, whatever you're doing, keep doing it. Keep doing it, yeah. That's all I need. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, it's very powerful. And um, I think, um, you know, for most, most chefs, I mean, you know, unless, you know, most chefs, line cooks, um, you know, everyone at different stations, they're mostly in the back of the house. And what I mean by back of the house for, you know, the audience members is, you know, they're just in the kitchen, you know, they don't really get to see, you know, they, of course, they care about, you know, how it's presented, you know, what are the reactions and things like that. But we're bridging the gap where, you know, what we're making, like, how is this going to affect you now? How is it going to affect you in the future? And for you, what it sounds like is like, you're able to, you know, witness and see over time, you know, those changes. And that is so powerful, especially as a chef that, you know, that, that can be able to bridge that. So I really, really um, applaud you for that. Thank you. Um, Hey guys, we're going to be taking a short break, but don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Mm 
Welcome back to Thrive Bites. Let's get back to the interview. So um, we're gonna come to a close. Um, I love, love, love asking my guests. You know what makes them thrive? Sure. You know, it's one of my favorite questions. And uh, you know, please, you know, share like what has made you thrive over the years, yeah. and you know, share you know three tips that you can impart to our audience members on how they can better their lives right now. Um, you know, if you want to talk about in terms of food or you know anything like that. Sure. What makes me thrive? I'm just passionate. I, I have people ask me, did you come out of the womb like this? And I go, yes, <laughs> I, I did. I am human. And usually if I'm not having a good day, you probably won't see me. But because I need to be out and in the kitchen and traveling, I have to have an attitude adjustment. But I'm very mm -hmm. human. But when you have a sense of purpose and when you're able to love what you do and get paid for it, for me, that keeps me thriving. That keeps me hungry for more. That keeps me, um, my dad used to always say, you're only as good as your last plate. So whether you tell me how great that dish was, I'm like, thank you. And then I'm moving on to in my head and in the kitchen, how can I bake it better? It's never good enough for me because we are in a society and I think a world that's constantly e evolving and that's what I thrive on. You know, mm -hmm. once I make something by next week, depending on the produce that has come in from the farmers that, you know, are very local around me, uh, 150 miles or less, that produce dictates how I make that dish. Yep. Yep. And I don't do a lot to try to, I know standardization is important and keep giving people the same thing every time they come, but that's not real in the food world unless it's coming out mm -hmm. of a can. So mm -hmm. that's what keeps me thriving, being able and in a position to be trusted to feed people food to live for that in my mind means they can thrive and be the best they can be. The three tips that I think I could or would like to impart in our closing is whenever I work with someone and I have people currently coming and saying, I'd like you to put me on a meal plan. I would like to learn more about, you know, how I can shed some of this weight or I'm going through different things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we have a wonderful health clinic that's just opening called Inspire. And I'll be working very closely with our MD, who's a functional medicine um, certified MD. And also we have a nutrition um, dietitian that is trained in functional nutrition. So we'll collaborate in almost once you see them and they kind of prescribe a, a, a program for you, set up a program for you, mm -hmm. the cafe will mm -hmm. support those efforts in either teaching classes, recipe offerings that people can take home and work with, or and taking food that we've made specifically that is um, in line with what the doctor has recommended. So that's very exciting for me. But if you're not in our environment and you're not coming to Vitalize Cafe, I think that people need to love the skin they're in, mm -hmm. love the body that you're in. And in all my years of holistic skin and body care, I've said that to people, love and accept the skin you're in, love you first, because when you love you first, you have a respect for yourself. And that's going to then go into every aspect of your life. 
love yourself enough to go and find the movement versus exercise movement that you like doing to keep your body moving, be it dance, be it core working out, be it a spinning class, whatever. Find out what you love that every day or three times a week you will go to do even when you're tired. Mm-hmm. The other thing I like to do with people is crowd out. So when I'm working with people, when they come to me and say, oh, what should I eat? I always go, what do you like? Because if someone says, I really love Mexican cuisine, or I really love Italian cuisine, or I really love whatever the cuisine or something their mother they, they grew up with is usually what we tend sure. to like. I will focus on that in the transition to plant-based food. If you like enchiladas, I've got you. If you like lasagna, I've got you. If you like Hungarian goulash, I have you. So (laughs) I always find out what someone loves and then show them I can deconstruct what you like into plant-based and you might even like it better. Mm-hmm. The other thing mm-hmm. I think the other thing I think that is very important is as people choose to thrive that means change and and transform and continually mm-hmm. grow find support because I know I've had working women that go home and they want to change their way of eating but now they have to make three different meals for the people that sit at the table with them. So That can become very challenging and tiring, I could only imagine. So I always tell people, find support with family or friends or find support in groups, meetups. Um, We have here the vegetarian, the vegan, you know, Sacramento Society. And although I haven't been able to go to some of the meetings, I always read what they're going to have that particular meeting, what they're discussing. And there's some really Mm -hmm. great sources of information. So find support in the things you want to achieve and thrive at. And I believe those three tips can really take you far. Thank you so much for sharing those. Um, You know, such a great deep insight to, you know, someone's journey and uh, what they've extrapolated. And not only that, you know, being able to live in their own shoes and just be just just being completely content and, you know, just thrilled of just giving back to the world. You know, for you, it's food. It's the language of food. You know, it's the taste, it's the message, it's the lessons, it's the stories with it. And, you know, to be able to, you know, combine that to, yeah, it's going to affect, you know, your health. It's going to affect your family's health and, you know, community wise, it's a very powerful message. So, Thank you so much for being on the show, Chef Nina. And, um, you know, I can't wait to see, you know, what more powerful uh, messages, changes and, um, you know, everything that you're going to continue to bring. Thank you, Dr. Collins, for having me on Thrive Bites. I really love what you're doing. I'm so excited to um, keep up with you as you with me. And I know we will through all of our social media um, followings. But I really think you are, you know, at the head of the helm. And it's just great to be a part of this with you. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Um, so everyone, thank you so much for joining us on Thrive Bites. If you like this episode, please follow and share and subscribe. Please check us back every week, um, every Wednesday for a new episode. Thank you so much to Chef Nina and we'll see you on the next video, everyone. Thank you. Hey guys, that was another episode of Thrive Bites. If you like that episode, Please subscribe and follow weekly for new episodes. 
And don't forget to rate us on Apple Podcasts.